So we could start the session within a few minutes. So good evening all, I'm myself Vishnu. I am a donor programmer from Thiruvananthapuram. And every week in this channel, uh, I will be presenting some topics, something related to programming your cloud. And today in this session, we will be looking into the Google Cloud Platform. So for the last few sessions, we were looking into the Microsoft Azure and the Amazon Web Services and this today's session, uh, we will be focusing on Google Cloud. So before starting the session, uh, let's have a quick um, overview about what the cloud platform is. Uh, hope many of you already know about what cloud uh, platform, what, what's the benefit of using a cloud platform? Uh, why are we going for a platform like cloud instead of a traditional uh, on-house premise infrastructure model? So the biggest advantage of cloud is like we can uh, we can access the services on demand and we can increase the the scalability of services in case if you have you can start with a minimal uh, level of services and in case if you uh, if your customers are getting more and more you can uh, easily scale up your uh, instances the, in cloud terminology it is called instances and in case if you um, don't need that much resource which you have to pay for you can scale down as well so those are the some of the advantages you would get from cloud platform i already covered that in the earlier session for for those who are new to the session or for new those who are new to cloud computing i just going through that details so if you if you uh, in traditionally um, the how the software development happens is like um, for software development purpose, there needs a lot of resources like the services, like some of the services we could easily understand is database service, sometimes the compute power, then, uh, then at times we need the file storage. So those of all the different services, we can either uh, set up that on premise, like an infrastructure we can set, it, set up in advance and then we can use it and that works well for some organization but if the uh, if the users are going to massively high which and that is to that to unpredictable then it will be difficult for the organization to scale up those services on demand provided if they are going for an on-premise model because uh, they have to keep the server and hardware in advance uh, on with them and uh, at the case of peak load, they have to increasingly uh, upscale those things and 
it would it, it is not easy as we imagine so what the trend usually going on is like uh, we will uh, use some of the services from cloud like uh, many cloud providers are out there lot of providers are out there some of the famous uh, cloud providers are the microsoft azure then the amazon web services and google cloud is also there so the organization's uh, development approach is like uh, they rent or they uh, borrow some services from either of these services when when that is required and they have to pay only for what they want to use and after that is used and uh, if there is no such demand uh, they want to keep then they can uh, withdraw those services and the organizations don't have to pay for that amount so that is the concept of cloud computing and cloud computing um, is one of the trending um, things in software development and we will be looking into uh, on such cloud platform called the google cloud which is also uh, getting popular along with the amazon web services and microsoft azure so we will we will look into how we can we can uh, go uh, we can understand some of the services that are offered by google cloud there are lot of services that are offered by google cloud uh, we won't be able to cover all of that in this uh, two hour session but uh, probably we can we will be able to cover some of its services and that will get you an overview of how uh, you can start developing in in google cloud so this is not an advanced session this is just a fairly an overview session and uh, there will be uh, further sessions that are coming up which covers all those uh, advanced features in detail so uh, with that uh, let's start the session uh, the session will be around nearly around 1.5 hours or 2 hours and the recording will be also available after the session and uh, there will be a break of 10 minutes in between so if you have any questions you can uh, post that in the group chat as well so with that uh, we can start the session so let's um, let's switch over to my screen okay so we can start from uh, how we can create a new account in a google cloud so that is the first step we have to be aware of while developing a um while using this google cloud so let's start from that please hold on okay so to start um, working with the google cloud like every other cloud providers out there like amazon or microsoft or uh, azure google also offers a free account so you need a credit card to start using services from google uh, if you have credit card and a google account so you can easily sign up a new account in google so once you sign up a new um, free google cloud account you can you will get a um, dashboard like this so this is the logged in dashboard here so if you are new to google cloud and if you want to sign up to google cloud then uh, what you can do is you can quickly search for google cloud free account so you can search like this and uh, there will be a page that uh, gives you detail about uh, how you can create a 
new account in Google Cloud. So as part of the free account, you will get around $300 credits, which you can use for um, using the services from Google Cloud. And in addition to that, there are also 20 free products that are provided as well. So which you can you always use even uh, there is no uh, these free services don't expire. So you can use that uh, whenever you like, even if these three dollar 300 credit expired. So these are some of the free tire products that are available with uh, Google Cloud, like the compute engine. Um, so these are all uh, part of a free usage limit. So uh, when you create a new account, you will get dollar 300. So that you can use for purchasing or uh, using some of the services uh, that that are falls outside of this category. So these services are all always free provided if you select either of these tires. So there will be there will be different um, different categories of uh, pricing in each of these services. So this is the lowest service which they provide free per month. So this is enough for understanding about these different services. But if you are going to use for a production usage, you might need to pay additional. Otherwise for understanding how the cloud uh, works and how the Google Cloud works or how the compute engine works, you can you can choose these uh, either of these tires and you can um, straight away use the Google Cloud. And another thing to be careful is um, nothing in the cloud is for free. There are some services and some tires that are free, but still there are um, uh, services which are kind of a paid kind uh, paid uh, type and you have to be extremely careful while creating every service because uh, some of the services like the compute engine, which is called the virtual machine. Uh, if you are if you are creating a um, uh, compute performed perform, compute optimized tire, that would cost more. And we can look into how all we uh, how we can select the uh, least uh, cost one uh, uh, when we go through the demo. But you have to be a bit careful while using all of the services especially when it comes to the a paid type uh, service so uh, you can go through this particular um, particular screen and understand the different uh, services that are provided by google cloud lot of services are out there and you can you, you, you can um, uh, go through that initially to get an idea so once that is done and after you created an account. So creating an account is fairly simple. Uh, I am not going through that because I already have an account. What you can do is you can sign up um, to the you can on second. Um, yeah, there would be a link for uh, registering to Google Cloud and you um, let's see Google Cloud free account. Okay, so there will be a link which uh, enable you to register for the Google Cloud. I think I am already logged in, so that is not available now. So uh, yeah, you can um, okay. So because I am already logged in, that is not available. But probably if you search in Google, uh, 
uh, for registering a new cloud account uh, you will get a page to register that and once you register and you once you logged in it will mainly ask the credit card details as well so once you logged in you can you can uh, uh, navigate to this page this will be the navigation uh, this will be the main page of google cloud which helps to access all the different services that are provided by google cloud so this is the main dashboard also we are mainly looking into as an application developer this is the main uh, not just for application developer for all type of uh, uh, all type of developers or devops people or administrators who want to access the google cloud and anyone who is interested in google cloud they will be using this da particular dashboard to access the different services so if you have familiarity with some of the other cloud providers like amazon or google the screen will look similar to that but there will be some difference in the layout and look of this google cloud platform and we can look into each of these services and how we can create some of them as well as we going through this demo so there will be no slides in this uh, presentation based mainly this will be a um, demo based session which i can explain each one of these services in detail which will help you enough to get start in developing in google cloud platform and in addition to that google also offers a lot of uh, free sessions and free videos uh, from either via their developer platforms or via youtube and you can watch that as well to get uh, a familiarity with the google cloud platform by by going through this session and by watching this this session uh, i can help you to understand some of the services in detail and uh, help you to quick start uh, developing applications in uh, google cloud platform we can see what all these different services provide uh, we can understand an overview and once you understand the different services that are provided then then you can use that easily for your development purpose so that is what we are going to uh, discuss through this uh, session so now um, coming to a brief history about google cloud platform they started uh, into uh, during the 2011 when they um, when they created a product called the cloud sql and then after that they have uh, in 2015 they introduced the kubernetes engine and after that they have incrementally added the different features that is what you can view here so how the google cloud platform is a kind of a global network and they have around nearly as of recording this session they have nearly around one second let me place my mic near and i can explain okay so as of recording this session around uh, they have a, they are having a global network which covers around 24 regions and region is the uh, way by which the these cloud providers host their services so if you search for uh, to get an understanding of that you can search for google cloud regions and probably there will be a page so yes so, so they have different different services like you can view here and we will be interacting to the, those services through this particular um, different menus but how these services are 
globally hosted is uh, what this region's importance comes there so the entire geographical area is divided into uh, around 24 27 yeah exactly 27 hours of recording this on 11th of august 2021 around 27 regions are out there and each of these regions is again splitted into different zones and in addition to that there will be a set of edge locations as well so these edge locations are specific uh, specific uh, locations and with specific data centers and they, they have the high power connectivity so that the, the customers from different parts of the world can communicate very fastly through these edge locations and these edge locations also connected to each other so around uh, when i looked earlier it was around 142 edge locations and now it is around 146 edge location so this is a kind of a highly secured private network and these edge locations like uh, these edge locations which spans across the geographical area uh, they provide low latency services to different customers across the globe so these um, once again i can explain that here please hold on so the entire different services are actually um, um, hosted in regions so this is a global network uh, and this the entire services some of the services are kind of a global service majority of the services are global services but some of the services are kind of a regional service and how these services are hosted is the entire geographical area is splitted into different regions and that is how every cloud providers uh, works it's not just for google cloud whether it is amazon or uh, microsoft azure they have the similar concepts some of the terms or the uh, words they use to denote may change so here in this case it is mentioned as just zones but if you look into uh, microsoft azure uh, or um, the uh, microsoft azure or amazon web services you could see availability zones or something similar terms there so the idea is same and their geographical area is divided into different regions because that regions helps different customers in those particular region to contact these services so and their uh, geographical area is divided into regions and that region is again divided into different uh, different um, locations called the zones so inside on particular region there will be multiple zones as well so that is why even though there will be 27 regions we have more than 80 zones so some of these regions have multiple zones as well so these zones helps for high availability for example if one of the service like uh, object storage in this google cloud so that can span across multiple zones for high availability so if in case one zone fails it can be served from another zone as well so that is called uh, within the region but if you want to host a service in one particular region and another one region so multi-region uh, service redundancy that is called so that also uh, multi-region uh, availability avail we will look into all those when we go into the demo of s3 as uh, not s3 that um, object storage and then you can understand all those things 
so the idea behind these zone uh, regions is uh, first of all it helps helps the particular customers to use the regions that are closest to, to them second one is like uh, for high availability a particular service can be spanned across multiple regions or multiple zones as well and this is one important thing you need to be aware of while developing in any cloud provider including the google cloud as well so for high availability you have to host your particular service in multiple regions some of the services are global and you don't need to uh, that is already have a high availability in place by default but some of the other services like the database and then the uh, that uh, storage all those services you need to be uh, aware of how what type of availability you want from that service availability means if one particular region goes down or one particular zone goes down how your application want to behave you want to still serve from a different zone so based on that you have to choose that and there are some uh, areas called the edge locations as well so these provide low latency services to different uh, different Uh, customer so when a customer uh, contacts this google service from one edge locate one particular area that will be initially redirected to this network edge location and from there it is connected to different other services so that provides a low latency and it is a secure network as well and it is a, it is a secure private network as well so that is how the um, uh, the structure of google cloud is and what that differentiates from uh, other cloud vendors is uh, the they have a private fiber global network which is connected across these different regions and across these different edge locations so that is how the, uh, the some of the highlights we can talk about this google cloud next we can look into some other areas like uh, the uh, some of the concepts we need for starting working with google cloud so that is what we are going to discuss next just to hold on okay so the next thing you need to be aware of while working with google or uh, before starting working on google cloud is like once you create a account everything in google cloud uh, comes under the category of a project so you can call the project as the root category of uh, in google cloud so if you if you work with other cloud providers there may be different concepts like uh, in for in case if you are coming from a microsoft azure background there may be a concept there is a concept called subscription and similar to that in amazon web services there is a concept called the account so everything is tied account and account so when you create a account in amazon it is called an um, basically an amazon account and every resource or services that are you you going to use falls under the category of that particular service particular account so similar to that in google everything falls under the Uh, on under the main root category called the project so if you create a uh, virtual machine called the compute engine that falls under the project so that means that you can create a different projects project a um, then project b 
and in pro for project p you may have a different service like uh, uh, it may have some other service like sql or bigquery because that project may be a bit different so based on this according to the uh, project requirement needs you can have different different projects and all the projects will be having an owner as well so because you are uh, you are creating a free account and you are creating a project so that means that you are the owner of that project and every resource or every service that you are creating under that particular project will be uh, will be binded to your account and you will be responsible for pay for that account uh, keep in mind that google provides a free account tier as well as some of the services but other than that some of the services are paid and you have to pay for what you are actually using so if you are creating a set of services that are payable so you will be each project will be tied to an owner so in this case if i am logged in i am the owner of this particular project and i have to pay for my credit card going to be charged for all the different different services that i am going to use so this is the way by which google uh, google uh, keeps track of different uh, google in google cloud platform you as an administrator or you as a developer keeps track of these different projects mainly in uh, organization these project uh, structures will be creating by someone uh, like a tops admin or some person who are responsible for managing this infrastructure and as a developer you will be basically interacting with these different services in form of development but for understanding i am explaining like you have to you, you, there may be different um, projects which you can create um, and each project should have an owner and underneath that projects you have you have different resources as well and resources in the means these uh, services as well and that will be tied to an owner as well so that is the simple understanding uh, of how a project is structured in google cloud and when it comes to an organization things become a bit complex so that um, you can't understand if you create a or if you create a google uh, cloud platform free account uh, for that you need an organization account but uh, for your understanding just explaining so in case if if you are part of an organization usually this will be a bit different there will be one more category on top of that this which is called an organization google organization is the highest category in that part and underneath organization uh, the organization admins will be able to create different different folders so folder a so folder a can be termed as uh, can be called as finance and uh, another another uh, um another folder this organization admins can create is called hr and underneath that they can create individual projects project a similarly to project p so this can be can, uh, um, put under different different areas so the uh, in when it comes to organization the category will be like this root will be the this will be the root category and uh, underneath that there will be a structure called folder you can create multiple folder as well and underneath that the uh, the corresponding project will be created but if you are creating a free account directly 
initially that will be the uh, you will start from here that you you won't be able to view these things you will be creating you can create multiple projects and underneath that you can create different services as well and that is how uh, the structure of the project will be and each of these projects should have an associated owner as well and in this case that will be yours because uh, I am the one who created this account and I will be responsible for all the different resources that I am going to use. So that is how the um, project structure in Google, uh, in Google Cloud Platform. This is uh, if you are if you want to compare this with uh, some other cloud providers, you can uh, compare this uh, to the subscription model in Amazon and in Microsoft Azure as well as the account. Uh, account the organization's accounts in amazon web services as well similar to that this project project here in google cloud platform so this is important to understand and just like every other cloud platform google cloud platform also provides a navigation menu by which you can access the different resources and in addition to that you can also search directly on the search bar as well so this is similar to other cloud vendors like amazon and google Hope you already know that if you are familiar with that, otherwise not a problem. So the organizations are going towards multi-cloud approach. Uh, some organizations may be uh, particularly invested in a single cloud platform, but the trend will be like going for multi-cloud platform. Uh, so understanding a bit about all the different cloud platforms will be definitely useful for your, uh, if, uh, for your development activities and um that will be certainly an advantage so next um we can look into how we can create a sim simple resource in uh, this google cloud account so in coming to the cloud concept there are a few important terms like uh, i infrastructure as a service the platform as a service and software as a service so if you are having an application on premise and if you have a set of associated dependencies initially you won't able to migrate that directly to a software as a service model or platform as a service model the advantage by using this platform as a service model or software as a service model is that majority of the things like the software patching that software maintenance and that particular service maintenance everything will be taken care of by the cloud vendors like google or amazon or uh, microsoft azure in this case google cloud and you as an application developer don't have to bother anything about uh, managing those particular services you have to write the logic uh, you can use that particular service and you can store you can configure some of the detail but majority of the heavy lifting will be taken care of by the uh, cloud vendor itself so because of that may the 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 approach should be like if you are going towards cloud and if you have an on-premise software uh, which in place with a lot of dependencies uh, it should it should go through these different um, different models like uh, infrastructure as a service i will explain these a bit or um, after mentioning this here I'll, uh, just hold on 
so these uh, you will get already a lot of tutorials that explain these different models in detail so i am not going through all of the entire details about these three different categories and that is also not required but uh, keep in mind that every service that is provided by cloud falls under any of these categories so if you have an on-premise application on-premise means you you your organization has a set of uh, infrastructure devices or a, a set of machines in your server room or your local vms and you want to migrate that to cloud the approach should be uh, ideally should should be to move that to a pass model because in pass majority of the uh, associated um, service level activities will be managed by the cloud platform itself and that will be easier for you as an application developer or for an organization because you don't have to bother the underlying hardware and infrastructure requirements or uh, such kind of things but because of uh, too much dependency that most of the legacy applications have they won't be able to directly migrate to the past model so they will be go through a slow slow phase that initially they may migrate to something like infrastructure as a service like they create a vm and then they uh, ho then they create a similar dependency like this inside this particular vm or the infrastructure as a SaaS model and then they will set their application there and then slowly slowly they migrate to pass model i already explained this in my previous sessions as well just again for those who are first time attending this session i explaining these points in detail so the, that is the way by which here we migrate to these these models so many of the tutorials that we we uh, that are available in online they explain this different concept but why they are using these different things is not explained properly many of them are not explaining properly they explain these different categories and everything like uh, okay um, in ias you don't have to bother um, you have to bother about the security or the configuration but why we are moving towards ias or pass we you need to understand because the idea here is how much level of control we want or how much level of um, granularity we want uh, in our application if you have an application a development model and if you want a more granularity you should go for infrastructure as a service and other way is like if you are migrating your existing on-premise or legacy application which may be developed using some of the codes like vb uh, vb6 or some order language and you won't have an associated pass service or SaaS service in cloud you should go through the uh, first initially create that vm and host that and initially incrementally incrementally upgrade your application to pass or SaaS model but if you have an on-premise application for example if you have an on-premise application that is hosted in your uh, local infrastructure local server room and which is a .NET core or some application like a php application you can straight away migrate that to pass as well provided if everything satisfies there are a lot of criteria there uh, and you will get all those details from the from the documentation but if those criteria are passed like uh, if there there should be a um, associated service that is uh, pass a service that is should be offered by the cloud and uh, the that language which we are used for developing our application like a dotnet core or something 
and that should have an associated in uh, associated support from the pass as well so if everything is pain you can straight away move to this pass model or sas model and the sas you can easily understand that from the concept of using a gmail account so if you if you want to use an email service usually in these days you sign up something like a gmail or hotmail or yahoo and you straight away use that particular service you don't have to bother about the server requirements or you don't have to bother about creating a new service you just straight away use some some service that is provided by uh, the gmail or hotmail so such kind of service is called the saas Uh, software as a service so you pay for what you want to use and just use that some of the e accounts like email are uh, actually free but that is also a direct uh, example of the software as a service model so there as a user you are not bothering about how that particular service is uh, created how that particular service is working um, you just straight away use that particular service and one second yeah you straight away use that particular service and uh, that is how it is working similar way there is another one service called the office 365 which is also a saas service and uh, there is a charge for that like a yearly charge or monthly charge which as a user you have to pay and you are using that uh, service so that is called also called saas service similarly there are lot of other services out there like the cognito um services like the artificial intelligence services out there from the cloud which falls under the category of software as a service so there you usually uh, request the cloud providers okay i need this particular api okay and you have to pay for that and they will provide the that particular api and you have to input some parameters to that particular api and the api will output what you require um on such example is like if you if you have a image and if you want to identify some of the potential harmful elements uh, can be say something like a gun or something like a knife inside that particular image uh, if you develop an application to identify if you develop a logic to identify what all that inside that particular image uh, it may not be an easy task so there may be already uh, there is an already uh, available service from these cloud providers like google and microsoft which already handle that particular task so that falls under the category of uh, uh, that uh, machine uh, that um, cognitive services so that can be uh, you can search the, such kind of apis like the vision api language api which can help you to easily uh, extract some of the important details from within that image and that you can use from uh, to in your application so such kind of services are called software as a service category so the infrastructure as a service category you can easily relate that to a service called virtual machine in traditionally uh, in organization they have a server room and they have different servers which are of different capacities and they will be uh, the trend was that they were using those particular servers directly but as their need there occurs an increase in demand for more and more servers so instead of spinning up uh, instead of creating different different or purchasing different different servers what the organization usually end up is uh, install a vm 
ഇൻസ്റ്റോൾ എ ഹൈപ്പർവൈസർ ഓൺ ടോപ്പ് ഓഫ് ദാറ്റ് പർട്ടിക്കുലർ ഡിവൈസ് ആൻഡ് ദേ ക്രിയേറ്റ് സെപ്പറേറ്റ് സെപ്പറേറ്റ് വെർച്വൽ മെഷീൻ ഈവൻ ഫ്രം എ സിംഗിൾ സെർവർ മെഷീൻ സോ എ സെർ ഇനീഷ്യലി ദ യൂസ്ഡ് എ സിംഗിൾ സെർവർ മെഷീൻ ടു ടു ഹോസ്റ്റ് ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് ആക്ടിവിറ്റീസ് ആൻഡ് വെൻ മോർ ആൻഡ് മോർ പ്രൊജക്ട്സ് ഇവോൾ ദേ സ്പ്ലിറ്റ് ദാറ്റ് പർട്ടിക്കുലർ ഇൻഫ്ര സെർവർ ഇൻറ്റു ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് പി എം സോ ദാറ്റ് സെയിം തിങ് യു ക്യാൻ ഡൂ ദാറ്റ് ഇൻ ക്ലൗഡ് ആസ് വെൽ ആൻഡ് ദാറ്റ് ഈസ് കോൾഡ് ഇൻഫ്രാസ്ട്രക്ചർ ആസ് എ സർവീസ് സോ ലെറ്റ്സ് ലുക്ക് അപ്പോൺ ഹൗ വി ക്യാൻ ക്രിയേറ്റ് സച്ച് എ കൈൻഡ് ഓഫ് എ വി എം ഓർ എ വിർച്വൽ മെഷീൻ ഇൻ ഗൂഗിൾ ക്ലൗഡ് സോ ദാറ്റ് ഈസ് ഹൗ വി ആർ ഗോയിങ് ടു സ്റ്റാർട്ട് ദി ദ ഇമ്പോർട്ടൻറ്റ് തിങ് ഈസ് വി എം ഈസ് എ ബിറ്റ് കോസ്റ്റ്ലി നോട്ട് ഓൺലി ഇൻ ടേംസ് ഓഫ് ഫിനാൻഷ്യൽ ആസ്പെക്ട്സ് ഇൻ ടേംസ് ഓഫ് മാനേജിങ് ഓൾസോ വി എം ഈസ് എ ബിറ്റ് കോസ്റ്റ്ലി ആൻഡ് യു ഹാവ് ടു പേ ഫോർ മന്ത്ലി യൂസേജ് ആസ് വെൽ so the 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 i if you have an option to use the pass or saas model you should ideally use that but some cases we need vm even for our current application development especially for some for example if you have a lot of data and you want to do some clean up of the data you can either uh, use some of these pass or saas resources but if that doesn't satisfy our requirement and if you want a dedicated machine for your particular need you may need a vm and another case is like you you develop your application in your organization and you have different different environments like the dev environment the qa environment or the uh, the uat environment uh, different different environments and for each these different environments there may be different testings that also needs to be done like some kind of uh, functional ui testing using selenium or something uh, you can uh, sometimes you may need a vm as well to host those thing and in another case uh, this is not uh, an accurate example but another case is like sometimes you need a dedicated machine which has a, uh, which has a high performance Uh, either your company needs to purchase that uh, particular resource particular machine or you can you can spin up the same from a uh, some spin up the same from this uh, this cloud providers like google or whatever other cloud providers so the advantage is that if you need such an uh, such a machine for a fairly uh, uh, less of time like uh, around 1 uh, hour or 2 hour you can straight away spin that from uh, this cloud providers and you can rdp into that particular machine and you can use that particular machine instead of purchasing it directly so any type of machines can be uh, uh, in that way you can spin up from this uh, cloud provider so that is called the uh, on demand scalability like if you want a high powerful or high computational powerful machine you can straight away create that from within this interface and you have to pay only for what you want to use and if imagine if there was were no cloud you have to purchase that machine directly or you have to rent that from somewhere else so similar kind of rental approach we are using here but the cloud provides a easy way to access those kinds of resources so that is how the cloud became popular Uh, another example you can relate that uh, this these are especially for newer ones to cloud 
maybe these examples are irrelevant to those who are already familiar with cloud but uh, another thing they can relate is like the concept of electricity so we can generate electricity in our home by having the necessary infrastructure but that demands a lot of investment so the other way is like we can uh, we can purchase or rent some electricity from some some power kind of a power grid and that is how we are mainly using electricity and that mean that is much cheaper than generating electricity on from our own home infrastructure uh, devices so that same concept is what the cloud also provides like we are renting some services from uh, some cloud providers and we are using that instead of using some of these services so these these are some of the concepts of uh, cloud computing and next we can view into how we can create a simple uh, virtual machine in the google uh, cloud and in google cloud that is called the compute engine so let's search here uh, for virtual machine and let's see how it looks like see when i type for virtual machine it automatically highlights the compute engine so the term is different here here it is using the term compute engine and in amazon it is called the ec2 and in microsoft azure it is called the microsoft virtual machine so let's click on this vm instance so the page will take some time to load depending on the on how um, how responsive that particular platform is usually it will load immediately like what you can view here so let's create a new vm so we are now going to create this vm so why i going to create this vm is for my application development so this is the fictional image fictional scenario uh, for my application i want uh, i want a vm that can that can hold some of the data as well as do some of the cleanup jobs so i need a particular machine in place because none of the cl other cloud service serv services satisfy that requirement so there are of course other services like the pipelines which can do the similar thing but uh, for my particular case i need a vm because i have a set of services uh, set of jobs that needs to be run only inside a vm and i cannot use any of the other services so i am going to create a vm for that purpose so let's click on create instance so create instance is the first step you have to do for creating a vm okay so first of all you have to provide an instance name so let's give it a unique name like uh, my vm instance okay so all the name should be in lower case that is what the google dashboard is highlighting my vm 001 okay you can add a label as well for easily identifying that particular vm that is optional which is not required next one is like uh, which region you want uh, this be this service to host like, like i explained earlier every service will is hosted inside a in particular region and some of the services are like a zonal uh, or global as well 
So you have to select a region that is closer to you. Some services are global service, so you don't have to select a region for that uh, the, such kind of services. Um, uh, and the region is not applicable there as well. But in other cases, uh, like the virtual machine, a region, a closest region should be the one you should select for because uh, the more closer your region is, the more easy the as a customer you will be able to access that particular region so you should select a region which is closer to your customers that is the idea so let's let's uh, keep this default as it is now and the zone as well even see this uh, these different regions have multiple zones as well so inside this us central on there is a so there is a zone called us central on a and there are around five different zones even inside a single region so this is for high availability but here uh, we are going to select on particular zone based on your preference then the next one is uh, google is asking you google cloud is asking you what type of configuration or machine configuration you need whether you need a general purpose uh, general purpose means for your normal activities or whether you need a compute optimized uh, for so if you have an intense computational requirement we can go for this one or whether it should be memory optimized like if it has have a lot of read and write activities that should be happening from within the vm so that should be the memory optimized so based on these different selections the monthly estimate also varies so this this interface is quite easy to understand because uh, see by selecting these different types of machine configuration you will be able to understand how much the the monthly estimate will be so if i select the gpu the mon monthly estimate should be around uh, 2000 something that is about 3.65 hourly rate so if i select the general purpose that should be only 25.56 monthly estimate so based on based on your requirements you can select a particular particular um, particular machine configuration as like here and even for these machine different machine families like the general purpose compute optimized or memory optimized you can have the different series as well for even for uh, the general purpose there are different uh, other categories as well and based on that the pricing varies so now i selected the e2 and let's select the n2 and see the monthly estimated changed so if price uh, if price is a concern for you you should select the least on and also while working on the free account make sure to select the lowest cost uh, vm from these boxes because uh, the, let's call the micro or the e2 uh, which is lowest cost because that will um, that uh, should be the safe for you because you, are, uh, you don't have to pay that much for your training, uh, for your uh, understanding purposes. And next one is like the machine type you have to select and the micro is the smallest uh, one and you can select that as well. Uh, see, the uh, by default it is selected the E2 medium but if I select micro it costs only 7.12 monthly estimate. But E2 micro is fairly a basic machine may not be suitable for all your development activities 
uh, especially if in, it involves a lot of uh, things to be done. So be careful while selecting the machine type. So two f things you need to consider while selecting the every service, like uh, the how the performance should be and how the cost should be. Based on the performance, the cost will vary. That is how it is working. Next one is like uh, a set of additional options which you can enable, like the confidential VM service, then the container uh, things. And if you want to learn more about this, you can click here as well. So these are for more secure uh, VM instances next one is like what type of image or what type of operating system you need from your uh, this particular vm so by default it is selected debian but you can change this and you can select other operating system as well for example if you want a windows version also you can select that so if you want a CentOS, you can select that as well and some of the other criteria like the boot disk type the size you want so all these affect the uh, pricing as well. So be careful while selecting this. Usually the Linux VMs are fairly cheaper. So there won't be much charge. So even if I selected the um, uh, the CentOS, it, it still remains within the $10 category. So this is fairly safe and then we can. So this uh, pricing should not be the factor for selecting. You should consider the performance as well. How, how much performance should your VM needs for your development activities. That also should be the criteria while selecting a VM uh, configuration and not just the pricing. pricing. Pricing is also an important factor because uh, a high performance machine may not be it may not be the one which you want for your development activities at all time, especially if you want just a basic machine to just to check some of uh, a few things which your application needs. You fairly need a uh, simple machine VM rather than having a uh, high performance or high compute optimized or memory optimized or GPU based machine. So for that general purpose should be sufficient. Then the firewall rules like uh, allowing HTTP traffic and HTTPS to be allowed from uh, to this particular machine. So you can based on your required needs, you can choose that as well. So there are next set of options which are also important called the management, security, disk networking and sole tenancy. We can look into that as well. So inside the management there. Um, you can add these different details like the description, then enable deletion protection. So as an admin, you can set this. And if some other users also have access to this particular VM, and if you enable this one, it won't, they won't be able to delete that as well. Then some of the automatic startup script, if you want to specify while the instance or that VM boots up, you can, you can put that as well. So the definition is what Google provides here. So the scripts can be used to install software and updates and to ensure that services are running within the virtual machine. And then a set of metadata also can be used. And uh, um, next one is the preemptibility. So this is a kind of a fairly cheap VM, but the one disadvantage is, is that it can be terminated at any time. So if you choose this, let's see, 
if i choose this let's see the pricing varies or not see the pricing varies considerably like 3.83 only monthly estimate but if i if i um where is that okay yeah if i off this is see the monthly estimate again backs to 8.2 so they are saying like it is off recommended so why this is because uh, for production purpose we can't use this particular option even though it is cost effective because at any time it can be terminated when there is a system needs or uh, that occurred in within the google cloud and they will inform you like uh, a few seconds using some kind of notification they will inform you okay this uh, uh, vm is going to shut down and you have to do necessary things and you you have to either migrate the th things to some other particular area or you have to handle that in application but um, so because of that thing uh, for the overhead of uh, having such kind of maintenance activities it is not recommended for uh, a production system so uh, for other activities like if it is not a uh, real-time activity or if the if the purpose of using vm is for just generic purpose or less least important purpose then you can definitely own this so that um, it, it should be a cost effective strategy then uh, how the automatic restart should be and compute engines can be automatically restart vm instance if they are terminated for no user initiated reasons so how you want the automatic restart should be so on can be recommended um, so if this is on it will be automatically restarted for some of the maintenance event otherwise it won't then uh, let's create this instance and let's see how it goes like so i am creating this instance usually uh, instance will be created in a fairly okay okay um uh, see some of the instances like e2 instances do not support on host maintenance equal to terminate unless they are preemptivity so that is what it is uh, defined but they actually the vm is actually creating by google cloud so it would, it should take a couple of seconds for this vm to be active so once you create this vm uh, you will be able to use that particular vm either you can ssh into that particular vm or uh, other ways like you can you can rtp into that particular vm and you can use that particular vm for whatever requirements you can so vm is not just for ssh or rtp purpose sometimes vm can be used as an intermediary place for cleaning up your data or holding the data or do some kind of processing uh, of data a lot of purposes are there in addition to being used as a kind of a normal machine there are different other needs for using vm as well another need is like uh, you, if you have a um, traditional application which which was uh, which is a kind of a legacy application that is developed using either vb or some kind of uh, older languages and none of the cloud providers support those kind of thing uh, those kind of languages then the only way by which you can move that to cloud is like uh, purchasing a vm like this and then set up those necessary infrastructure inside that vm 
and you can install your particular application inside that particular vm as well so in that way you can call your application is running in cloud but you the the you won't get the full advantage of using cloud because the full advantage of cloud should be like the should be like a cost effective strategy so if you are spinning up a vm and if you are using that that should not be an ideal approach for long term but initially if, if you want to migrate to cloud you can choose that option and incrementally you can move to other kind of um, kind of uh, models like the platform as a service or a software as a service model depending upon your needs so let's refresh this or we can create another own vm okay so the vm uh, somehow is not created because that preemptible option was not applicable to that particular vm so let's we can refresh this and let's create a different vm and let's see how it goes like so once we create a vm then we can have a break for around 10 minutes and we will come up back uh, to discuss more on different other areas as well there are a lot of things to cover so might be the session will take a bit longer but uh, please so uh, please uh, hold on so okay so i am uh, again creating that vm because earlier vm creation went failed because of a wrong configuration so le let's leave all the default for the moment and let's click on create so now hopefully the vm will be created and uh, google cloud is spinning up a new vm so while it spins up the vm it is also also showing like uh, some of the tutorials like uh, um, how to connect to your instance how to transfer files to your vm and uh, google also has an associated marketplace called the uh, google marketplace which can help you to identify some of the vm solutions that you can purchase from there as well then a lot of different things are explaining there so let's we don't need these things so we can close that and we can look into that particular vm for the moment so now the vm is active uh, you can either ssh into that particular vm and you can you can access that as well so if i click on that ssh it will automatically connect to that particular vm and it that terminal will be opened from the cloud itself so this is kind of a cloud shell which can help you to interact with the particular resources so all the different cloud providers create these kinds of cloud shells because we don't there are different ways by which we can interact with these services like we can either create a power we can interact with these services just like i am doing now from the portal so by click click and go through these different menus so that is one way another way is by which from the application you can connect to each of these services through different sdks or software development kits so we can look into that as well another way is through the cloud shell which the operations the devops people prefer they don't want to um, log into this particular portal every time and to manipulate these different services uh, like a click and drag what they prefer is a kind of an environment where they can interact using the command line interface like this cloud shell and that is how these linux professionals work out 
So I I know some of my friends who are working in Linux, and whenever they view someone using a graphical interface, they feel strange because they used to work uh, in a kind of a uh, command shell pattern and uh, command line pattern, and they want that kind of environment for their productivity. So some some of my friends argued that they can work more effectively when they work from a cloud, uh, from a kind of a um uh, command line interface so that is the one advantage cloud uh, command line interface for provides for some uh, some people so because of that the particular uh, each of these cloud providers whether it is google or amazon or azure they all provide a cloud interface as well either you can install that particular cli or command line interface in your local machine or what you can do is you can open a command shell uh, from like this or you can also open that from here this activate cloud shell as well so different ways you can interact with the google cloud so this is what the google cloud shell is looks like so you can this is free as well um, so if you use some of the services like Azure or Amazon, I think for Azure, there is a small storage cost also associated with this cloud shell. Because whenever you create a new cloud shell in Azure, it will ask that you then is underlying storage also should be created. So the reason for creating a storage account underneath is particularly for hosting that particular commands or sometimes you you clone some of the codes from some of our locations and you need a, a an area where you want to store all your particular um, commands and uh, related uh, files so for that a storage is required but here in this case cloud shell is free for all users so you don't have to pay anything for that and google provides that so this is on uh, easy way by which you can interact with the cloud provided if you know these different commands so all these different commands you can access from the google documentation so now the uh, the particular um, particular uh, uh, cloud shell is open so other ways by which you can interact from these particular uh, uh, portal so like just i do and the applications how they interact with the google plow cloud platform is through SDKs. So for your applications to connect to, to these different services, like if your application, uh, if you are developing an application and that application wants to read or write something to this particular VM or whatever service you can be. I am explaining on service like VM, but whatever service it can be. Uh, if your application needs to somehow interact with that particular service in cloud um, uh, each of these cloud provides uh, the associated sdk so you can search for that here like uh, google cloud sdks so if you search for that google cloud will provide the necessary sdk documentation page which you can use for your particular language so for different languages different sdks were provided so let's see See these, these are the different uh, SDKs that are provided and for different languages also there should be the different SDKs. So key features are there. Uh, um, let's, let's search one more thing like uh, similarly the Google Cloud SDK command line tool is also provided. 
uh, we earlier saw that command line interface where the user can access from within the cloud shell within the portal by activating the cloud shell and the same they can install on their machine as well uh, whatever platforms it can be whether it is linux or windows or whatever platform there should be associated uh, associated um, cli as well and for your applications to interact with the cloud there needs one sdk for example sd4.net so if your application needs uh, how to connect with the uh, uh, google cloud and if i am developing in dotnet let's see how it looks like so the dotnet on google cloud provides the different sdks or libraries that ha can help you to connect with uh, from your dotnet application to these google services so different uh, different different uh, sdks are provided and another way by which you can add your uh, sdks whatever cloud can be to your particular uh, particular um, uh, language whether it is dotnet or javascript is through this um, package managers like a nuget or npm by which you can look there as well so mostly the nuget packages will be there for example if i i want a nuget package for dotnet so let's see google cloud nuget packages so google cloud nuget gallery is there so cloud storage nuget gallery is there so this this is on such a nuket package so nuket packages help the dotnet developers i am explaining from a uh, perspective of a dotnet development for so if a, if some dotnet developer needs to use this google cloud storage and they can straight away install this nuket package and they can add some codes and that application can interact to this particular cloud storage we will see part cloud storage next after the break so cloud storage is an object storage where you usually store the files and we will be looking into that as well so the idea here i want to explain is like uh, whatever your language can be it can be python or javascript or uh, node or whatever you are comfortable c sharp php or whatever you are comfortable uh, like other cloud vendors google also offers the sdks and you you can select the best approach for connecting uh, to that is uh, that particular services uh, for dotnet uh, i personally prefer the uh, nuket approach because that will be easier so in the visual studio if you right click on the project and select manage nuket packages and if you search something like uh, google.cloud.storage uh, that particular uh, screen will show the list of packages that are available and you can straight away install that and once you install that you can add some codes that are that also will be available from the documentation and you can use the you can uh, you can uh, let your application connect to these particular storage and store whatever for example the storage is used for storing files so if your application wants to store some files into google cloud or wants to read some file or even want to manipulate some files you can uh, use that particular nuket similar way for other services as well so now the vm is up and running and it should have an external ip so every time when we create a resource automatically a vpc or virtual private network is also created 
by that necessary uh, by that underlying cloud provider so uh, virtual private network is a kind of a, um, a network that is a private network and we can manually create that network but when we create a resource it will be automatically created and uh, internal ip and external ip is um, uh, also associated with that in addition to that if you can create a virtual private network or vpc inside this google cloud platform as well which will help you uh, to interact with these different services but here it is automatically assigned and you can use this particular external ip to connect to that particular source so this internal ip is used within the uh, within the uh, google cloud to interact with other services then once you create that particular vm you can click on that and you can understand more details about that particular vm so now this vm is running and you can ssh into ssh or rdp into this particular vm and or even your application can connect into this vm and do whatever uh, things that are required as part of your application needs but once you create this vm you are thinking okay uh, how can i how can I uh, increase this or how can I scale up this particular VM instance? Uh, you can do that as well, provided if you stop this VM. So once you stop this VM, okay, once you stop this VM, uh, you, you can edit this VM and you can scale up or scale down based on your requirements. So if you, if you want to use your uh, VM uh, in a high performance for uh, a few hours and then you want to scale down you can do that as well you can also automate that as well through the script uh, provided if that is needed for your application need so that option that api is also provided by google cloud so using that api you can interact with this particular uh, compute engine or whatever resources through script and you can you can scale down or scale up or whatever uh, configuration change you can done um, through this portal you can do that same from that particular api as well and that way your application can uh, whatever way interact with this computer compute engine not just uh, the way by which it is connecting to a vm and it is reading something from the vm it can do much more than that using those api so now i because i stopped i will be able to change the series to something else as like so based on my change the rate will be calculated accordingly sometimes it kind of a pro rate base like if you use the vm for few hours that will be calculated and if you increase the uh, if, if you increase the capacity then that will be calculated next so let's understand a bit about these different series as well because that is also important so e is actually for general purpose or general types of uh, usage and um, there is an there is an e2 uh, which is by default um, there so this is basically free free for uh, your um, learning purpose and there are other categories as well like the n category which is also for a general purpose so there are in addition to that there are certain categories called the uh, like the memory optimized which can be viewed here like uh, yeah this one memory optimized so if you select the memory optimized one so the series will be m1 
So based on this tab selection, the series also changed. So M1 means it is actually memory optimized. Similarly, if you want to have a high performance compute optimized uh, optimized VM or virtual machine, you can select that as well. And inside that, you can have different uh, further fine grained selection as well. Like you can select the machine types and uh, how much CPU you want virtual cpu you want if you want to use uh, 60b cpu the cost would be uh, increased that way so now the pricing is not displaying here so in that case you have to use the pricing calculator and understand the different pricing mode so initially when we create the vm uh, hope you noticed that the pricing also displayed on the right hand side now when i edit this this pricing is not displaying so if you want to understand about that pricing you can search for google pricing calculator which is a good uh, resource so every cloud provider provides this uh, pricing calculator which can help you to understand the different pricing of different services and that can help you to select the best resource that are available for you so now now the different um, the different um, services and you can select these services as well and you can select the different category series and it will all show the pricing underneath and on the estimate so how much time you need so if you provide all these different details the this pricing calculator will show the estimate and based on the estimate you can uh, you can uh, understand okay how much um, uh, how much uh, what type of uh, what type of service i should choose or um, or such kind of things you can decide upon so next we can take a break for around 10 minutes and we can uh, continue our session so thank you thank you for watching this session and the recording will be also available so you can watch the session later um, as well so let's start the timer and we can have a break now hold on sorry so if you feel any um, doubts or clarification you can ask that in the um, the comment section or you, you can check that or include that on the group chat as well so i can comment on that so let's wait for 10 minutes and we will be back after the break and after the break we will be discussing into more details into the most important um, service from any cloud provider called the storage and we will also be looking into the relational database uh, some of the uh, big uh, data warehouses that are supported by google and how uh, we can use the messaging service etc in cloud uh, we also understand a bit about the security aspects and how we can monitor the resources and um, and some of the interesting stuffs that are associated with the google cloud uh, we will also look into some of the ways by which we can deploy an application especially a website in cloud we won't go much detail into how we can deploy a website but we can also understand we can understand how what all are the different services that are available that can we can leverage from google cloud for deploying scalable web application so that also we will discuss 
then a bit uh, about the serverless concept as well so those all things we are planning to have probably the session will take uh, more than one hour uh, nearly around now the time is like 11 20 uh, i think hope it will take up to one hour clock uh, so the recording will be available so you can watch that later so i will be continuing the session after uh, 10 minutes so thank you
so we have 43 42 seconds back and uh, 42 seconds remaining so meanwhile uh, can explain uh, some ideas about um, the cloud and then we can continue the session okay so um, we were uh, talking about uh, the different services uh, about the ec2 uh, that the and that the um, compute engine uh, instance in google cloud and we uh, we have seen how we can create on such uh, instance and how we also understand how we can stop this for that particular service once created and then uh, how we can scale up that particular service also uh, similar way uh, all the services majority of the services in cloud can be scaled whether it, it is whether it is storage uh, the one which we are going to look upon next or whether it is relational database we can scale up as uh, required uh, like other cloud providers and on another thing which i want to mention is here for the majority of the application development case whether it is whether it is like a web application development or a windows application or mobile development usually uh, some of the services are mostly widely used like the one such service is called the uh, this uh, compute engine or the virtual machine which may required for some of the services like data data cleanup or holding some of the jobs for that purpose intermediary purpose uh, usually tend to use this vm uh, but the other uh, some of the other services which we usually use is like the database service like the cloud store which we will uh, look next uh, um, then the object storage um, where we want to store the files from our application so that is also important then um, similar way there are a lot of um, machine language related services also that are available from google so uh, and Google Cloud platform is especially po getting popular because of the capabilities that it has, uh, especially for that big data and machine learning related services. So if you compare these uh, relational database services of Google with respect to Amazon or Azure, that may not be a visible impact or visible or difference there uh, or visible highlight there with regard to google cloud and you can see that google cloud only supports now as of now around mysql this postgresql as well as the sql server but if you look into amazon there is a lot of relational database services are out there but the uh, highlight of google cloud is like uh, related to the big data and the machine language services there is a lot of capability that this platform has when with compared to other services so that is how it is getting more popular so that is what majority of the uh, um, professionals who are working with the google cloud also having that same opinion then the next uh, thing about google cloud especially when we are looking into this uh, particular uh, compute engine service um, so here uh, sometimes your application needs this google compute engine but uh, the you have to keep in mind that uh, when migrating to 
cloud you should look for a way to uh, use some of the past services like uh, uh, the uh, some of we can look into some of the services a bit later so some of the past services from google cloud we uh, we can use if you can use that that will be much better for your application development because maintaining a vm uh, accommodating its cost and all it's a bit tedious especially from the cost purpose as well as for maintenance purpose and uh, for that reason unless you don't absolutely need a vm you can avoid that and you can straight away go for other comparative other services for example uh, one way which you can understand here is like uh, you can either uh, create a vm for data storing purpose if you have a relation if you need a relational database so there are different approaches which you can try out uh, if your application needs to sto store some data like a sql server or mysql you can you can create a vm like this as i mentioned with the compute engine and some of the images that are provided by this cloud platform has uh, support for installed sql server or mysql as well so by while creating the vm itself you can have that installations in place and you can straight away use that but here you are actually managing a vm and along with that you are actually managing that particular software that is installed in inside the vm as well so that is the kind of an approach called infrastructure as a service where you are actually uh, managing some part of the infrastructure like the operating system patching and everything main uh, operating system related things its security and everything but and the cloud provider provides the underlying hardware but uh, the ideal strategy should be like we should go for the next set of two set of model like the uh, pass or a platform as a service model so there you can instead of managing this vm and installing the sql server or mysql inside that particular vm you can straight away use their service like mysql service or uh, or sql server service from these cloud providers like google cloud and we can straight away use that for our application development in that way you have to bother only about the actual application requirements and not the underlying hardware uh, requirements so similar similar on such service is what we are going to look next which is called the object storage and that is one of the popular service for any cloud vendors so if you look into amazon web services uh, there is a service called s3 which is the earliest service which amazon released and that that is an object storage which has the capability of storing the files inside that storage and not only just it should provide a way to store the file it should be an effective way of storage and retrieval as well so for, for example we are paying for actually the storage the actual data we are storing inside that particular object storage in addition to that we are also paying for the backup we are also paying for the what to say kind of a uh, replication if you want a high uh, uh, replicated data say, uh, requirement in your application for your compliance rate you may need to store a copy of that same data somewhere in some other regions as well so for all that purpose uh that particular object storage should serve so that is the way by which they 
created these services so it has different capacity in addition to the standard storage capacity so if you create a, a storage uh, in or bucket in this particular um, cloud google cloud or whatever cloud provider uh, here google cloud so they initially created a standard which is uh, utilized effectively for fast storing and retrieval of data but if you don't need such fast retrieval of data and you want to back up some data you can customize the storage so that is what we are going to look next so and this is one of the most popular service out there uh, in whatever um, kind of uh, cloud vendors whether it is amazon or google or uh, microsoft azure storage is on such a big area where or, or more popular area where majority of the applications will be dealing with so your applications need the sdk or the nuget package as i explained earlier if it is in the case of a dotnet application it will be using that nuget package if it is a case of some other language respective sdks will be provided or you can or you can also access via the http as well so you have to look for the associated sdks and if SDKs or NuGet kind of package or NPM packages are available, which you can integrate into your particular application, into your particular language you are comfortable with, that is the easiest way by which you can, your application can interact with the cloud. But if the SDKs or that particular NuGet or any package is not available then APIs are also provided so you can using a REST API also your applications can interact with these particular cloud providers so that way also you can work out and just for understanding I mentioned this this is applicable to all the services different services that are provided by cloud platform there are a lot of services out there we will be looking into some of these services some of the most popular services and there will be uh, sessions that are coming also which uh, which includes those advanced concept as well so le let's uh, switch over to the screen and let's create a create a, uh, 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 object storage in google cloud so let's switch over to there one second Okay, just hold on. Okay, so far we have we were discussing about the virtual machine and we have understood how we can create a virtual machine. Uh, so next we look into the storage which is one of the most important aspect of every cloud development uh, not just for cloud development it is also applicable for all the application development as well because every application holds some form of files which we need to store whether it is some form of media files or some form of text files so files are mostly important for every application and we need to understand how we can leverage the google cloud platform for our file storage needs 
So you can, you were thinking about why we going for a cloud platform like Google instead of storing that uh, on-premise in some network file drive or some file storage. So you can always do that. But the important um, thing or the highlight or advantage you get from Google Cloud or whatever cloud you are using is like you have on-demand scalability and you are actually going to pay for only what you are actually using. So if you are creating an infrastructure and if your application has a possibility for future expansion, then you might need to purchase those hardware and respective services in advance. And in another one example you can think of is like some of the smartphones or some some of the smartphone, big smartphone brands like Samsung, or some other vendors they usually come up with an idea of flash sale i think amazon also sometimes come up with the idea of flash sales i hope so during the flash sales a there is a tendency of traffic that can go high a bit sometimes uh, there won't be a traffic as such as we as they expected so there is a possibility for a high traffic but there is also possibility for a low uh, low, there is no uh, possibility of such uh, spikes as well sometimes that that can also happen so the problem here is like if organization were not able to forecast that in advance properly uh, it might end up in uh, extra expenses in advance so if you go for a cloud platform like this, it, it has the capability for uh, increase on demand. For example, if you're using the storage for your storage requirement, and if your customers are going on a massive scale on a particular day, storage automatically increases. Similarly, other services also scale up as increased and you don't have to bother about that. And the cloud underlying cloud provider, provider like the Google will automatically handle those things for you so you are in a way safe because the rest of the things will be handled by the cloud and that's one of the reason why uh, the cloud platform is getting more popular so i think you got enough of the understanding there are a lot of other uh, factors as well because of, uh, about the reason why by um, providers are going for a cloud platform so let's look into the S3. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sometimes I uh, accidentally mix the terms of these different cloud providers. So S3 is the similar service in Amazon. Here we are going to look on cloud storage. So let's look into cloud storage. So this is the object storage. So I click on that. So to use this particular service, first I need to create a bucket. So you can create as many buckets as you like. So bucket is kind of a container for storing your files and you can create folders also under the bucket. So it's kind of a file structure. You can create multiple folders underneath that and you can store the files. And these buckets have additional capabilities as well, which we look into uh, further. So first of all, let's create a bucket. When we create a bucket itself in this uh, Google Cloud, we can understand a lot of different uh, informations that uh, or capabilities that this bucket provides 
just from creating this bucket itself so for those who are new to this uh, cloud storage or different services uh, they can create it like this so once you create this like i will be uh, mostly uh, creating these buckets uh, i can show you some of its capabilities and i can upload a file to this bucket as well but in your real scenarios or in your um, in your development activities you will be ideally creating this bucket and once created this bucket um, you will be interacting with this bucket from your application and that interaction will be happening through the api so the idea is similar here i am interacting with the from the portal and the portal is interacting with those services but in the case when you actually develop your application uh, from your application you need to use uh, some form of SDKs which you can you will get from the Google Cloud itself for the .NET the NuGet packages and cloud SDKs are available similar way for other languages uh, you can look into that and if none of your languages support these particular SDKs you can always use the pure HTTP as well so HTTP APIs are supported by majority of languages so that way also you can interact so these are not the only ways by which you can connect to this cloud storage there are other ways by which also you can connect for example there are different other services like if you drill down to underneath so these are the pinned or the favorite services but there are a lot of services underneath that as well so if i click that you can view a long list of um, list of different different services that are provided so many of these services also can interact with other services as well. So S3 is one of a common services. For example, if you want to store some output of these particular, uh, what to say, uh, let's say big data. So part of big data, the one of the usual pattern that we can view in big data is to read some data from some particular location. So big data can read from these cloud storage as well and big data can process the data and it can output the data to some other services as well similar way different different services can interact with each other so you have to you have to keep in mind that particular thing uh, always because uh, when i explain the way by which i interacting with the cloud storage from the portal or from the application through sdk uh, it is not limited to that there are other ways also uh, other use cases also these are called use cases which you can use your bucket so by understanding i explained some of the scenarios and use cases so then once you develop an application you will get a picture of okay i need to use these particular scenarios i can use a bucket for, for uh, my file storage need i can use this cloud storage so similar way you can use different different services uh, provided if you understand the different features that are provided by these services so that is uh, critical that is that factor is critical uh, while working with any cloud platforms so let's name your bucket a bit uh, so let's say uh, vishnu storage uh, so this must be a unique globally unique name so similar to other cloud providers amazon also has the same concept and azure also has same 
concepts and don't include any sensitive information because this URL will be the one which will be used for accessing this particular bucket. So we have to provide a unique name, but that should not be a sensitive uh, name as well. Then click on continue. So next we can understand the different different features that are provided by store and this uh, cloud storage. So just like I mentioned earlier, cloud storage is not just limited to uh, not just limited to storing files or retrieval. It is actually uh, provides additional capabilities along with uh, storing the data. One of the requirements is like uh, how much availability your application needs or how much availability your storage demands. So that depends on how your organization's compliance would be. Some organization compliance would be like, okay, the data should be within a particular region. So it should be stored only within that region. Sometimes the high availability will be a factor. So the organization compliance requests that, okay, um, because it is storing this data in cloud. Most probably there won't be any problem. And uh, uh, one thing which these cloud providers mention is the um, how much time these services will be available and there it is called SLA. So these terms uh, related to compliance, how much time they agree that these services will be up because your application is depending on cloud for storage. Earlier you might be using some on-premise infrastructure based file storage or somewhere and you are responsible for that now you are using this cloud service and cloud provider is responsible for that service level agreement so that is what they define like 99.95 percentage so if i select multi-region the availability will be 99.95 because that will be the highest availability earlier when we started this session we talked about the concept of regions and the zones inside the particular region. Each region will be having multiple zones. So if we store uh, across these multiple uh, zones, then that will be uh, kind of a high available. So one next level of uh, availability is called the multi-region where instead of storing in a single region you have the concept of storing across multiple regions as well so the difference is like the cost will vary the storage size and the uh, data retrieval retrieval will be free so there is no cost to retrieval of data but uh, there is a um, storage um, size um, uh, for for gb there is a cost like 0.26 per gb per month and there is operations also like uh, per month for some of the operations there will be like uh, um, uh, this much charge so uh, you will be basically pay for the storage per plus the operations and the monthly cost will be like uh, zero dollar might be this happens because actually um, uh, for every free account or some of the services in Google Cloud are actually free up to a limit. So that is why it is showing monthly cost as zero. So we can change some of the options and let's see how that looks like. And if I change to dual region, so the cost again falls down. See, so if I 
ഓക്കെ സ്റ്റോറേജ് സൈസ് ഓക്കെ ഡുവൽ റീജിയൻ ഓൾസോ ദർ ഇസ് നോട്ട് മച്ച് വേരിയൻറ്റ് ഇൻ പ്രൈസിങ് ദയർ സോ ലെറ്റ് സെലക്ട് ഫോർ റീജിയൻ റീജിയൻ ഇഫ് ഐ സെലക്ട് ദ റീജിയൻ ദർ വിൽ ബി എ ഫർദർ റിഡക്ഷൻ ലൈക്ക് ഫോർ പോയിൻറ്റ് സീറോ ടു സീറോ ബട്ട് ദിസ് പ്രൊവൈഡ്സ് ദ ലോവസ്റ്റ് ലേറ്റൻസി ബിക്കോസ് ഇഫ് യുവർ കസ്റ്റംസ് കസ്റ്റമേഴ്സ് ആർ ഇൻ എ പർട്ടിക്കുലർ പ്ലേസ് ആൻഡ് ഇഫ് യു സെലക്ട് എ റീജിയൻ ക്ലോസ് അപ്പ് ടു ദം ദാറ്റ് പ്രൊവൈഡ്സ് ദ ലോവസ്റ്റ് ലേറ്റൻസി ബട്ട് ദ അവൈലബിലിറ്റി വോണ്ട് ബി ദാറ്റ് മച്ച് ബിക്കോസ് മൾട്ടി റീജിയൻ വിൽ ബി ഹാവിങ് ദ ഹയസ്റ്റ് അവൈലബിലിറ്റി സോ ദാറ്റ് ഇസ് വൈ സം ഓഫ് ദ സർവീസസ് ആർ എ കൈൻഡ് ഓഫ് യുണീക്കലി ഡിസൈൻഡ് ഫോർ എ ഗ്ലോബൽ ഇൻഫ്രാസ്ട്രക്ചർ ദാറ്റ്സ് ദ വേ ബൈ വിച്ച് ഗൂഗിൾ ക്ലൗഡ് ഈസ് ഡിസൈൻ സം ഓഫ് ദയർ സർവീസസ് സോ ദ നെക്സ്റ്റ് ഓൺ ഈസ് ലൈക്ക് ലൊക്കേഷൻ വേർ വി വാണ്ട് സ്റ്റോർ സോ ദ ഷുഡ് ബി ദ ക്ലോസസ്റ്റ് ടു യുവർ കസ്റ്റമേഴ്സ് ഓർ വേർ യു വാണ്ട് ഫോർ ഫോർ ലോവസ്റ്റ് ലേറ്റൻസി സോ ദ നെക്സ്റ്റ് സെറ്റ് ഓഫ് ഫീച്ചേഴ്സ് ദാറ്റ് ഈസ് ഓഫേർഡ് ഈസ് ലൈക്ക് ഹൗ ഫ്രീക്വൻറ്റ് യു ആർ ആക്ച്വലി ആക്സസിങ് യുവർ ഡേറ്റ ആൻഡ് ബേസ്ഡ് ഓൺ ദാറ്റ് ദീസ് ക്ലൗഡ് പ്രൊവൈഡേഴ്സ് ക്യാൻ ഓപ്റ്റിമൈസ് ദ കോസ്റ്റ് and provides a better storage for your data as well so if you if you choose standard that is best for short term storage and frequently accessed data so most of the applications might be need this but um there are other classes as well so the you can check the price as well and can understand how it differs so if i select the near line the price falls again down but um but here the data should be accessed less than on say month so if you falls in a uh, category if your data falls in a category of infrequent access like you don't need frequent access then you can select this near line and the cost will be further reduced so this is suitable for backup and data access less than on say month so if your not frequently accessing your data you can go ahead with this near line so the next set is like a cold line so you can you can understand the difference here again like it further reduced to 0.004 so earlier see the standard it was around 0.20 and the data retrieval size it was free but when we when you come into the near line the storage Uh, storage cost is reduced but there is an data retrieval cost per month so uh, um, so you can calculate this based on your data how much data you have how much retrieval you want and you can you can compare the different pricing uh, you can compare that from the pricing google pricing calculator as well and then you can come up with a, a strategy which strategy you want then the next one is like a cold line so here the data retrieval uh, charges went up and the storage charges went reduced much down so if you have a lot of data that uh, that you don't need to access frequently and it's kind of a disaster recovery data and that those kind of data may be large in size as well so if you select this particular category you 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 can pay much lesser because that you have to pay only when some disaster happens um, because at that time you need to retrieve the data and for storage the price is much cheaper then the next one is like for long term uh, preservation or data access less than on say year you can choose this 
archive class as well storage class so that is much uh, smaller so similar concept is there in other cloud vendors as well so the in amazon in amazon there is a uh, tire called intelligent tire which can help the which which can help to use the auto um, artificial intelligence to automatically identify which uh, your uh, identify your data belongs to which class and automatically assigns either of these on so there the terms different say there the terms will be like s3 infrequent s3 glacier so here it's much more understandable way like standard near line cold line and archive and the taglines also provide an um, effective description so that you can understand and if you are creating this bucket you can uh, compare the price also along while creating so that is a much um, better way of handling things so let's let's default to standard and let's click continue then uh, the rest uh, set of features like uh, how how to control access to these objects so if you want to prevent public access you can provide this so this is best for this uh, security uh, the cloud security and the next one is like uh, um, if you want okay this is access control so in addition to the public access there is an uniform and fine-grained access control option as well so if you want more fine-grained control from your app from your identity and access management so i i can explain these as well now because that will be also important earlier when i explained about the explained about the um compute instances um we were not talked about how what kind of users can access to that particular compute instances uh, how they are going to access how as an admin for your organization you restrict which applications can access that particular particular um, uh, resource so those all things uh, are defined by a concept called uh, identity and access management so we can look into that identity and access management uh, a bit later because we are now in the process of creating a bucket so we can continue with that so you have to keep in mind that uh, this uh, identity and access management is an important part in all cloud vendors and they provide specific services for that as well uh, so identity and access management service and the directory services are kind of services that are provided by the cloud platforms so that allows the admins to authorize the users or define who can access a particular resource and it also helps to uh, understand how you, your actual applications or users are uh, working on these different resources so if some of the application or some of the resources are uh, 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 trying to act in an unauthorized way to access any particular resource so this IAM provides an audit of all those details and you can take effective discussion so we can create the different roles different users and similar like other cloud vendors here in Google Cloud also we can provide that and not only we can define the roles users or roles or groups the next thing which you can define is like uh, based on that particular 
uh, roles you can set the policies and that policies allows which resource a particular user can access within this google cloud and that can help to fine-grained access so such a kind of access is called this access control option so if you select the uniform uh, you can set only the bucket level permission the bucket is on which we are going to create but if you uh, have an object level permission like uh, uh, if you want to fine-grained control over the individual object you can create as many level of objects inside nested level of objects inside this particular uh, object storage and uh, cloud storage uh, uh, so if you want more fine-grained control and if you want to associate that control with the users that you defined in uh, identity and access management uh, you can uh, do that as well using this fine-grained option so now for this demo let's keep it as uniform so this identity and access management is a central it's a kind of a global resource a global service which can which has which can interact with all the other services so because that is the authorization area and uh, there you can you are you as an admin you as an organization admin defines which applications which users going to access your particular uh, cloud and that is very important uh, so that um, because otherwise everyone will be having access to every particular resource and they can do whatever they want and that won't be the uh, that uh, that is not the way we want we want uh, uh, to define who should access which one and uh, this identity and access management can help to uh, set that and it can also integrate with other services as well just like the bucket so next one is like when we click on this continue again some of the advanced features that are provided by uh, provided by the uh, provided by uh, the uh, bucket which is called the encryption so because we are storing the files or data inside not data uh, we will come to data when we uh, discuss about the database part but uh, when we store the files because it is storing in a cloud provider your organization might have different compliance or requirements that that particular data should be encrypted so based on your encryption needs you can select these options so the default one is like google managed encryption key so this is a kind of a server uh, encryption where server encryption means we can have two different types of encryption so either your application can encrypt the file or data and you can uh, and can send that to uh, send that to the cloud provider or where wherever you want to store the data another way is by which your application can send the data but before the cloud provider stores that data into the these cloud services and the this cloud provider can by default uh, do an encryption using a key that is generated by the cloud provider itself and uh, while retrieving the data the this same cloud provider can automatically decrypt that data and send back to the requested that is your application so that will happen behind the scene and that is kind of a transparent way so you may not be able to identify what is happening behind the scene but uh, actually the encryption is happening there so um, by default it is always enabled so and google the 
one of the highlights which uh, every one talks about this google is like uh, it provides strong security right from the beginning so um, much of the google product we know so because they are one of the kinds of uh, the biggest search engines and security is a critical factor of every services they provide so right from the um, services and within the network also earlier we explained about this global regions and the way by which they divide these zones so uh, now i heard that they are going to uh, have uh, the encrypted data uh, between these different regions as well so using fiber optical connections they are connected within these different edge locations and different regions so that data is also to going to be encrypted soon so along like this one so that provides much better security uh, so here there is one another option also called customer managed encryption key this is because uh, sometimes the organization have a requirement that okay uh, we need to encrypt the data which we want to store in cloud but uh, that key should be provided by us also um, and not by the cloud provider so in that case you have to select this one and google cloud uh, has a different service called key management service which can uh, which which is similar to this um, uh, similar to other cloud vendors this Azure Key Vault and the um, Amazon uh, key management service so similar kind of service uh, is about this Google cloud key service it can store the keys certificates and secrets so rather than storing in your application you can store that particular inside this Google cloud key management service so when and in addition to that uh, this Google Cloud Key Management Service is also integrated with this S3 as well. So if you select this option, automatically uh, that key will be centrally managed inside this key management service. So one thing to notice here is like uh, you have to be aware about whether any uh, any request limitation is there inside this Google Cloud Key Management Service. So if there is a limit like uh, uh, you can request only this much of uh, this much times from this google click cloud key management service and if you associate this using this option then uh, that may create a problem because after that particular quota you won't be able to access anything from there so in that case this will be a better option uh, so you have to uh, have a think about that um, have to think about that while selecting this option so the considerations for selecting this should be what type of encryption you want whether you want a client side encryption or you want a server side encryption and based on that you can choose then next one is like the retention policy so this is also a part of compliance requirements where um, your organization compliance um, requires these objects in and this cloud storage to remain for uh, a particular uh, period of time especially if it is very sensitive or important data so you can set a retention policy as well so you can retain the um, for month or year so if you set one year all the all the objects that you created inside this particular bucket will remain for that particular period of time so now we not need this one then uh, this this is kind of a labeling where 
you can you can group related buckets for example if you are having a bucket that is created for an hr department uh, you can add a label called hr department or something the advantage is like later at a stage if you want to group or identify some of the uh, buckets that are part of uh, hr related activities then you can select you can easily identify that so for the purpose of management and identification is what this label is all about so with these uh, different settings in place we can create so now the bucket is created and it is quite fast so the bucket is creating and like others like the compute service which we open when we create a storage bucket there are different tutorials that are also provided like how you can connect from your application uh, you, you you can have also other different uh, tutorials that here which you can go through and understand the different things and also these documentations are available uh, independently as well so if you search for google cloud storage and documentation you will get a, a lot of details as well so now the own bucket is created so you can create multiple folders inside this bucket so now uh, now a now a bucket is created so i can create a folder also so by clicking on create a folder so i name this folder as like uh, um let's say hr files and not need to be that or something like finance finance department confidential or something something you can create that then um, you can also create another files you can create separate buckets as well uh, you can create another different for uh, different buckets as well and you can assign us in different different rights to different don't or and you can also create different buckets and that way also you can uh, assign the different rights from the identity and management section then the next one is like uh, if you look into the configuration you can uh, you can view all the different details that you are provided and you can also um, set other details as well extra details as well and there is a life cycle rules also you can apply like uh, for example we earlier mentioned about the storage class if you remember so storage class is a way by which how optimized way we can uh, store the data for if you are accessing frequently accessible data that should be stored in standard and if it is in a case of a infrequent access you can go for near line or cold line and if it is in a kind of a online backup or disaster related recovery activity where you don't need the data to be accessed for a certain period of time you can go for archive so um, you can add rules as well to move the data to different areas so either you can cre create at the time of uh, um, the bucket creation itself but uh, you have seen that the bucket is created with the standard but you can set a rule like uh, you can create a different bucket uh, on you can move that to there or you can add this uh, add a rule like uh, for example set storage class to near line and you can continue that based on certain conditions or if some um, if you want to move data also you can add that as well different rules you can provide revision 
ഓക്കെ ഡേറ്റ റൂൾ മൂവിങ് ബിറ്റ്വീൻ ബക്കറ്റ്സ് ഐ തിങ്ക് ഇറ്റ്സ് നോട്ട് സപ്പോർട്ടഡ് ഐ തിങ്ക് വി ക്യാൻ ആഡ് റൂൾ ഫോർ ചേഞ്ചിങ് ദ സ്റ്റോറേജ് ക്ലാസ് ഐ തിങ്ക് സെച്ച് കോ യാ വി ക്യാൻ സെറ്റ് ദ സ്റ്റോറേജ് ക്ലാസ് ടു നിയർ ലൈൻ ഓക്കെ ബേസ്ഡ് ഓൺ ദിസ് ഗേജ് സോ ഇഫ് ഇറ്റ് ഇസ് അവെൽ ഇഫ് ഇറ്റ്സ് if it is active or not active for some period of time you can select that and the age is counted if it is more than 90 days then you can move that to a different mode um, so now the life cycle rule is created so after 90 plus days if i store a, initially i store a file inside this bucket and if it is 90 plus days old then it is moved to set to near line option so set to near line is uh, is a class that is optimized for low cost and uh, uh, that is optim that is an optimized cost class which is low cost and which is used for infrequently accessible data so you can move your data so one such uh, rule is what i updated now after 90 plus days the once the object was updated it would be moved to near line so that is one thing then the for the monitoring part like uh, how much uh, uh, how much actual incoming data and outgoing data is uh, happening you can view that from the google egress bandwidth usage as well and in addition to that there is a settings as well which can help you to um, uh, get better details about this cloud storage so next thing we want to discuss is about the identity and access management so that is also iam if you type iam that would be shows yeah iam and admin so here you you can set the users then the different kinds of policies then the uh, the groups also you can set the roles you also you can set and uh, you can set the different regions so for example if i if i going to okay these are different resources and different roles are out there i think some permission issues there so i won't be able to do that now um then privacy and security so the advantage is like uh, uh, here you can uh, connect to different types of accounts and different roles are also provided by here like uh, admin role a developer so you can create a, the ideas here like this as an organization owner or as a project owner or a project admin i have different level of services inside my particular project and if i have a set of ai related services that i created and i want only that particular services to be accessible by an ai admin i can choose that like a i a platform admin or a platform developer and on and assign a user or a group to that particular role this is called a role and once i add that particular role uh, for a particular user or a group like here you can set a group as well so all the users that are belonging to that group will be having that permission and only that users will be able to Uh, view the uh, or view or access that particular uh, system so if you search here like uh, uh, cloud storage so you can you can view all the related 
related um, permissions for cloud storage so if i create a user or if i admin uh, assign some of the permissions of this to a particular user or a group then that user or group will be having uh, that these set of permission to access the storage and for others not so that is the way by which the admins are actually managing the different resources inside the google cloud so i hope that makes sense and you will be able to understand and next we can look into some of the database services that are offered by google cloud so for your database requirements need uh, there may be different um, uh, services that uh, that should be available so I, I can explain that one second okay so uh, for your database uh, or data related requirement for file based requirements we just saw the s3 as uh, the uh, cloud storage and the different classes uh, that are associated with the cloud storage and how we also saw how we can set permissions to uh, those particular uh, different buckets and how we can uh, set fine grained access control to those buckets as well uh, that objects inside the buckets as well uh, we also saw that uh, from the application we can use the apis or the sdks to connect to these particular services like the s3 so the next set uh, of thing which we need to understand is the data which our actual application is using so your application development uh, you may be part of an application development and your project may deal with uh, some forms of data so data can be kind of a two um, types like uh, relational data or non-relational data or uh, another way we can think about it this as kind of a structured data and unstructured data so if you have uh, some form of data where you can relate that in terms of rows and columns and each uh, each attribute can be divided into a column so that kind of uh, data is called the relational data and you can set relations as well so that is the traditional form of uh, database which majority of application developers are all, already familiar with so when whenever we learned these things um, we already know that um, from the school days itself uh, we may be aware about these kind of uh, database like a relational database uh, so that is the majority of applications usually follow this relational databases like Oracle, the um, SQL Server, MySQL, PostgreSQL. So these are examples of a uh, relational database where you have different different tables and you can set relations between these tables as well. But the uh, main idea is like that kind of data is a kind of a structured data where you can and uh, you can uh, you can formulate some structure or understand some structure of that data and you can easily store that data in a relational database but relational database is not suitable for all type of uh, applications sometimes uh, you may encounter situations where you have a set of data which falls under the category of unstructured data and in that case you might may need to use some uh, form of uh, database like the NoSQL data example the amazon website uh, it has a list of items lot of items and uh, each items have different different attributes so you can't relate that easily 
to a particular structured format and the data is kind of a unstructured way so in that case you might need to uh, use uh, select uh, a kind of a database called unstructured NoSQL data which is also getting popular these days some of the examples of NoSQL database from different cloud base, uh, cloud databases are like from uh, Ashwar it is called the uh, Ashwar it's called the uh, Cosmos DB then in the Amazon there are different DBs like the Dynamo DB and other DBs and similar to that in um, in um, here also in uh, Google Cloud also the NoSQL uh, and relational databases are also provided so we will be looking into that first we will be looking into the relational databases so the relational databases that are supported by google uh, includes the mysql the postgresql as well as the sql server so earlier i think sql server was not there now uh, sql server is also there and it has uh, access uh, it has integration with this identity and access management as well as this MySQL earlier has no uh, integration with the identity and access management and nowadays that that is also included as part of the recent changes I think uh, so they they included that uh, so the advantage is like uh, once you set the users and group in identity and access management you can set fine-grained access control to these different relational databases so if you're uh, application development has uh, a way uh, has a need for relational database you can choose that from here so but other than that if you have a need like uh, something like uh, google oracle or uh, some form of other forms of database some kind of custom database which uh, other than this mysql or postgre or sql server then and uh, then the only option in google cloud that remains for you is like you can set a VM and you can install an Oracle database inside that and your application can access that. Other than that, uh, there is no offering for Oracle, I think. So far as I have understood, uh, might be it will be coming in the future. But like I explained earlier, uh, going to a VM model of application development is not that much good. So it will be better to go with a pass model like uh, the uh, this relational database or cloud database offerings and NoSQL database offerings that are provided by the Google Cloud. So we will look into next uh, uh, the different kinds of relational and the NoSQL databases that are provided. So the decision to choose which one is depends upon your database requirements and you have to think about the data what type of service you want and uh, one thing i can particularly say is like relational database is very popular but because of the fact that it is it is that much popular we don't have to rely on that every time so there may be use cases where we, we can use other forms of NoSQL data as well and we will look into one more type of database called the in-memory database and which can be used for caching purpose so if your application needs to store some data uh, it uh, intermediary like uh, once it reads some data from the database and it should and to store something uh, frequently accessible data intermediary in some memory 
we can use a similar database uh, in memory database also like other cloud provider google provided uh, provides on that as well and we will be looking into all those aspects so let's switch over to the screen okay so here we will be looking into creating the database offering so before that uh, let's understand some of the relation uh, we understood that there are two types of service uh, relational databases uh, sorry in two types of databases that are provided by the three types uh, re the relational db the non-relational db and the in memory the in memory is also part of a kind of a, a relational d and non-relational db but uh, basically two categories relational db and non-relational db so coming to the relational db there is a service called cloud sql so let's uh, scroll down somewhere here underneath the database categories bigquery mm. yeah this one cloud sql so its name now is like a sql so this may sometimes uh, change but the idea is like a similar and uh, um, this is on service then another on service we can create a um, sql another on service is also there so i can just explain that and then come up so the uh, another on similar service is called spanner so this is similar to sql but this is optimized for a global scale uh, so it can be think of as a globally distributed and it provides unlimited scale especially for large scale data requirements so that is called the spanner so spanner and sql these are the two relational database offerings that are provided by google so from the description itself you can understand why is cloud spanner is used cloud spanner is a it's a managed means it is managed by google cloud itself and it is good for mission critical global consistent and scalable database so it's very costly as well so we can't we have no need for use using this for our normal requirements it's for a massive scale of data and there may be uh, specific documentation and tutorials that explains how we can use that so let's and we will uh, so we won't be looking into that cloud spanner here just for your understanding i explained that but let's look into the look into the concept of the sql relational database let's see how we can create a relational database as well uh, and let's see what all options are there inside this uh, relational database so for creating the instance we can click on create instance so three different flavors are there i prefer to call these as flavors because uh, these are different types actually but uh, flavor is also easy to understand like mysql these versions are supported then the postgresql and the sql server is also um which one we want to create for this demo uh, so let's create choose the sql server because i am i am familiar with the dotnet so i can uh, i can uh, select this one or whatever the idea remains same so let's choose the sql server so once we select that particular sql server uh, we will be presented with a screen with uh, more details about uh, what all type of configuration the first one is the instance id the id means what uh, the name of that sql server we which we are referring upon so let's 
my my sql server 2021 and i providing my hometown as well then the password so this is on good option i saw in google cloud like uh, can you see generate that i have noticed that in other cloud providers might be there there is an option there May, maybe i not aware of that uh, so in case if you found uh, sorry for that but uh, i haven't noticed that there then the database version we want and the region and similar to the objects uh, the cloud storage which we saw earlier database also provides multiple availability like uh, for multiple zones highly available zones uh, availability are there you can also specify the zones because this is related to data and you can have the provision to choose primary zone secondary zones as well so let's uh, and the pricing also varies accordingly uh, so you have to check the pricing calculator here the pricing is not displaying on the right hand side so this is single zone is safe for your learning purpose multiple zone is highly recommended for uh, the production purpose so production uh, it, this is not recommended why this is not recommended is like uh, some of the services uh, if you select a single zone it will be much cheaper uh, the the disadvantage is like in, in some extreme cases if like the if the on cloud vendor for a particular region goes down so what happens is your render application may fall apart so the possibility for here is like uh, um, to avoid that uh, usually we go with multiple zone but uh, the pricing also uh, varies like uh, as mentioned here it increases the cost so we can go ahead with a single zone for understanding purpose then other type of uh, options like uh, what type of uh, machine type we want so basically this is working uh, on top of a um, yeah this is working on top of a uh, ec2 instance so you can select the machine type you want so based on the machine type the performance also varies and the cost also varies accordingly then the storage type uh, what type of storage you want and google will automatically scale as needed that means if you are storing more data based on your customer requirements uh, it will be automatically scaled then google managed key enabled uh, then connections uh, public ip enabled this means that uh, anyone from public network will be able to access to this particular uh, particular tv um, so uh, usually this is required major in majority of cases if you don't have a need for this you can turn this off because the in cloud if you uh, for security you should uh, maximum avoid this public exposing so public ip exposing is not recommended because anyone from a public ip can able try to access but they won't be able to log in unless they have the credentials but uh, exposing is also a bit dangerous because others may get a clue that okay the service is there so unless there is an absolute need for this one you can choose a private ip but private ip uh, will be useful only if someone with or the some resource inside the cloud should be able to uh, cloud needs an interaction with this database so in that scenarios only the private ip can be chosen 
then uh, other kinds of things can be enabled so authentication we can um, or see uh, you can connect this to iam and do active directory domain as well then the backups automatic backups are enabled and there is a time also for that so you can choose select the time time period where you want the backup to be happened and there is some advanced option like uh, uh, how much uh, how much days retention should be keep for that and the default is seven and you can change that as well then the advanced option then maintenance uh, maintenance like a preferred window what type of maintenance is required uh, so you should select a day where uh, your database is not used by any of your customers and that time the cloud provider can do maintenance maintenance in the same some kind of patching because this is a kind of a cloud pass service so the underlying uh, software it's patching and everything its responsibility is all part of this google cloud so they need some time to do that kind of maintenance so that window they are asking you to select and based on that they can choose and uh, what the order of updates should be and that also uh, can be taken then similar to other uh, services like uh, for easy identification uh, uh, whether this particular uh, db should be a part of a particular um a kind of resource you can select that as well then after all that is provided you can click on create instance so if everything is fine it will create an instance actually uh, the name is wrong i provide my sql ah, okay fine actually uh, the my it is not my sql actually it is uh, i provide like my sql server 2021 you can provide any name And once this is done, you will be able to connect to these things. So we have covered, uh, we can go a bit fast now. Uh, not that much fast, but we plan to wind up by one hour clock, uh, midnight. So uh, we can move into the next database, which is called the uh, NoSQL, non-relational database, no or NoSQL database. So one such service is called the big table so let's this one database big table so this is the kind of uh, database uh, no sql database which is suitable for uh, warehouse related application like la to process large um, uh, analytical workloads so that is what cloud big table is all about uh, let's look into the description a bit. Cloud Bigtable is a fully managed wide column non-SQL database that offers low latency and application for high availability. So these are required for uh, high scalability, uh, large analytical work store. Then the next one is like the, uh, the file store, which is a kind of a document DB similar to the Dynamo DB in Amazon and the Cosmos DB in uh, in Azure, it is not exactly similar to Cosmos DB because Cosmos DB, uh, it is a kind of a multi-model where it have a set of a, an API, a SQL API on top of that, and also different flavors they are provide by which different set of customers can use that particular underlying DB, underlying Cosmos DB in a different way. So here the um, it is like a NoSQL DB. Uh, 
uh, and it's called manage file storage managing cloud file store yeah then then there is a memory store uh, as well uh, one second I can Okay, please, uh, please hold on just a minute. Okay, we we were looking into different uh, services. Uh, sorry, some uh, connection issues happened. So let's uh, let's uh, let's back to what we were discussing. Uh, let's uh, share my screens, and we were discussing about the um, um, the NoSQL databases. So let's switch over to my screen again. Okay, and now. We can look into another one called the memory store which is a kind of an in-memory database in um, in-memory database in uh, the uh, memory store this one so this is a kind of an in-memory uh, service in provided by google cloud so why we go for an in-memory service is like sometimes your application needs to store some intermediate data in between your application and the database especially for caching purpose so you can choose that so the documentation is also provided so different uh, two types of in memory store are there one is like a redis and another one is like a memcache similar to what is provided by amazon similar way is also uh, similar way the google cloud also provides a kind of a memory store and that is what you can view here so the next one is like uh, um, one um, one area where you can 
you can query your uh, uh, okay so the next one uh, we uh, we can look on is called the big query which is a kind of a um, where is that this under database that is should be under the big big data this is not here please hold on database so there is a category called big data so underneath big data so there is a uh, service called big query so this is also interesting this is a kind of a highly scalable um, and it helps to uh, run some of the long-running tasks and loading data and it's used for machine language purpose so it's kind of a serverless service means it can scale up and scale down as needed and you have to pay only for what you want to use and it can analyze around petabytes of data and it can query in real time as well so this is kind of a serverless and very highly scalable uh, kind of a multi-cloud data warehouse so here uh, we can let's see how we can query that so we can we can use a query to um, query to see the um, data sets from a particular record so let's run this query and you can view the query results here so it's returning the data from a public data set called the usa names and from there the data is displaying that so an example i got from um, this query i got from internet and i just used that and it's just displaying that similar way you can you can add the uh, different um, data sets and you can query that as well so that is called the big query more details about this we won't be going into detail about all these things and uh, you just for understanding it's kind of a highly uh, scalable and it is used for analyzing petabytes of data just uh, just a minute okay and it's used for analyzing petabytes of data and uh, we just gone through an overview of that so next one is like uh, for for big data purpose we need some kind of transformation of data like we usually uh, read data from some particular services like either the relational data bases like the cloud sql uh, we usually do a transform and then we store the output in some other locations like uh, the cloud storage or some or some other database so for that purpose for uh, wiring up the different big data pipelines we use a service called the google data flow which is also a part of big data related service so uh, coming to machine language and big data this um, uh, this uh, google cloud offers more services compared to other one other other vendors also provide these kind of services similar services but google is more specialized in that aspect and that is what uh, it is famous for google is famous for as well so the uh, purpose of uh, purpose of wiring up the different pipelines using the uh, apache beam pipeline and within the uh, google platform systems uh, google google platform system there is a uh, uh, service called the google data flow so this can be used for 
wiring up the different pipelines so you can you can create these different jobs and different pipelines and you can uh, use the data flow with these languages as well it can be try out with a sql it can be also try out with python or java so if you are interested you can look into that and get familiar with most of these things so these all things uh, if you go a bit deeper it will take a more time and that is not part of this session uh, just providing a quick understanding of different services that are providing and by uh, some of the familiar services because these pipelines this data integration may, may be become a part of every application development so that is also important we just like the object storage the um, the relational database and the nosql this sometimes uh, in application development there occurs a need for analyzing and for analyzing purpose we can use this big data so this 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 really this scale up these are kind of a, uh, uh, services which scale up to massive amount of data and you, we can use then another category is like the pubsub where this is a kind of a messaging service that allows uh, you to send and receive application between independent applications so if you develop two applications and that want to communicate with each other you can create a pubsub based approach so let's see that as well let's refresh that okay so the in pubsub usually uh, you use this for your other applications it so it acts like a messaging service in between your other time uh, other kind of application so if your own application wants to communicate with other application that can be either communicated directly using an api but it uh, this provides a kind of an asynchronous communication where one application will be creating uh, something inside a publish something inside a topic and other uh, other application that is subscribed to that particular topic will be able to read that particular uh, message and can be used so let's see how we can create a topic so first one is like uh, we can act like application my application application topic okay uh, so we can add a default sub to use this data and uh, let's leave the other uh, things as it is so once we create this one and uh, this will take a few seconds probably so let's wait so it should ideally create the topic as well as the subscription okay a new topic and a new subscription has been successfully created okay now let's let's open that particular topic and we can publish a message inside that topic so we now have seen that uh, on topic is created and on subscription is created so uh, one application may be publishing a topic inside this particular topic that is in the form of a message and another application can use a pull method to read that particular message from this particular top from the uh, from the topics which they are subscribed to so this uh, sub when we when you look into the subscription you can see that on subscription is created uh, with uh, which is uh, which is uh, which is um, related to this topic uh, my application topic so let's uh, let's publish a message inside this topic and see whether that subscription will be able to read that 
so that is what we are going to look now so now let's test uh, message submission so I, I ended and let's go for subscription and let's open this subscription let's see any messages are there and we can click on this view messages so now there is no message found so this is the similar way whether the other application will be uh, waiting for the response so it will wait for the uh, messages or by triggering a pull request so once you uh, once it raises a pull request it will it will pick the message from the where we submitted on that topic and so that then this particular application or whoever who is reading this message can work based on that message body so some form of information will be here either will be in the form of a json format or whatever format and or maybe some key uh, that the other application can identify and based on that the next application can work and proceed so the next uh, so we have looked into that one as well so there are different strategies we, which we can uh, apply here like the push and pull delivery method so push method is also there we right now we have used the pull method so we can also select the push method as well so that when whenever a message published a message is created then it will be automatically pushed to associated subscriptions so that is also uh, that is also a way by which you can work on then then let's look into some of the uh, uh, some of the other areas like uh, one important area called the google app engine which is used for hosting the website so uh, till now we were discussing about the data part the storage part so uh, one another important area is called the uh, app engine part so, so this is also uh, a service which provided by google for hosting the application and this has built-in load balancing and auto scaling as well so the way by which it is working is like once we create a application uh, it asks us to uh, um, select the region so le uh, let's select to the default region so there are different recommendations also which is provided by here so um, the uh, app engine is mostly used for uh, hosting the app, web applications your ap um, uh, it's kind of a pass model so the region is getting setted so this will take some time the main concept of this app engine is like uh, the services and version so you will be creating a service and every time you will be deploying some a website using a particular language that will that will be uh, that can be considered of as a version so you will be having multiple versions as well so there are different kinds of languages which you can depend upon so if i want a .NET based i can select that as then the if uh, see the the two types of uh, um, environments are pro provided by this app engine like for some some of the applications like some of the uh, languages uh, it can work in standard mode 
so the standard mode is like uh, it is supported for a certain languages only some of the advantage you would get from standard is like uh, it is good for uh, like a, a kind of web application that experience kind of a traffic spikes which you can't predict and it will automatically start this kind of standard environment automatically starts start up in seconds and uh, um, it's a it's a kind of a proprietary sandbox of google which you can say there are a lot of other uh, benefits as well uh, other features as well but there are limitations also one limitation is like uh, um, you cannot ssh into that particular instance and you cannot install any of the uh, custom softwares or dependencies and it supports only a certain languages like if i select dotnet I won't get the standard environment. So for .NET, um, a different kind of environment is provided, like the flexible environment. So if you want to understand about the App Engine's standard and flexible differences, you can uh, check out the documentation. So standard is kind of a proprietary sandbox, which is available for only a few languages. The advantages that it would get from is the auto scaling with one extra mode, like the basic. So we can scale up using manually or it can auto scale and it, it also has a uh, scaling tire called the basic and uh, it, it is good for application that experience the traffic spikes and Python, Java, Node, PHP, Go and all are supported here but dependencies can't be installed and we can't SSH also. So the other environment which is provided is called the flexible. So here, these languages can be selected in flexible as well. For example, if we have a Python, uh, we are using Python for development and we have a requirement to install custom dependencies, we can go for flexible instead of standard. So the some of the advantages that are provided with the flexible kind of environments is like, uh, it supports more languages than uh, we can SSH and debug into that and third-party library installation is also supported uh, custom runtimes can be also supported here and it I, it actually runs inside a docker container on a Google Cloud instance VM so the disadvantage is like it will take some more time than the standard and the um, scaling is limited to manual or automatic and you won't have that basic uh, basic tire uh, basic level scaling enabled here uh, there the in standard if you look the instance will start up in seconds but in uh, flexible uh, it would take some minutes but for certain languages there is no support for standard that is why if we selected .NET there is only a flexible so once we create this particular app engine just like i mentioned earlier from our application to connect to these particular uh, services it needs the cloud sdk or in you know, the or the google um, or the kind of uh, what to say or kind of an http way or or nuget package or some way to access this thing so let's like click on i will do this later so the uh, your app engine has been uh, created so if i look into here the the 
services is not created uh, let's see get started okay python okay uh, we need to do some more things but uh, let's look into some basic things as part of this um, overview like in this because we need to wind up the session soon uh, so we can't go at much detail into here so here uh, the concept is like once we create an app engine we can select a standard or a flexible approach based on the language we want and next that is like we create a service and uh, we deploy that to this particular uh, app engine from our local environment either through the pipeline uh, some, some form of devops environments uh, we integrate the pipeline and deploy that to here and once that is there um, then uh, based on your deployment multiple versions will be created in addition to that you can also create different other cron jobs different other uh, firewall rules and other things we you can set upon so this is like this is the basic concept of app engine and this is useful for uh, uh, hosting the web application the other way by which you can host the web application and majority of the application development uh, strategy strategies nowadays looking into our uh, like the container based approach so you can select a service called container uh, based service here the advantage of container is like your web application including with your dependencies can be uh, can be packaged as a shipping container and just imagine if you have a website and a backend so two sh packages you will be created and you can deploy that to a container orchestration based container services like google kubernetes service similar to uh, the equivalent of that in Azure is Azure Kubernetes service or the in Amazon it's called the Amazon Kubernetes service so Elastic Kubernetes service so the idea here is you basically package your application with its dependencies so that it can be used for multi-cloud dependency multi-cloud deployment so your shipping your packaged application can be deployed to multiple containers multiple cloud as well it can be it, it can be deployed to whatever um, targets that is supported for that particular container images uh, ideally the google cloud uh, container services or the amazon elastic container services wherever you can have a multi-cloud strategy Another advantage of container-based approach is like the packages are all, the dependencies are all packaged into that package so that someone who is uh, deploying that will feel ease like uh, everything is packaged and they're in the shipping con that uh, that's contained and it's self-subtained -sub -sub on and it's suitable for microservices like if you have a microservice architecture and you have a lot of dependencies uh, dependencies based my uh, smaller smaller services you can package each on into different different microservices and you can deploy that as a container application and uh, by using a kind of a service called kubernetes you have this orchestration support as well so let's look into the let's we can search here like uh, kubernetes so this is the kubernetes service so you can click here so you can create the kubernetes service 
so we can look into that kubernetes part a bit later so if you are if you are interested in um uh, if you are interested in uh, uh having an idea about this kubernetes uh, there are a lot of tutorials available and if you have a particular interest in azure kubernetes service i have already covered a session in this channel so you can freely watch as well so if you understand that uh, particular uh, session which i done for azure uh, that is uh, like a two hour session you will get a good familiarity of okay how a container based application and its deployment in azure kubernetes service will looks like and the same similar concept you can apply here for this kubernetes engine as well so and that is the on approach where majority of uh, application developers or organizations are preferring because see whether we create in uh, amazon's elastic beanstalk or app engine or this uh, this uh, this uh, google app engine the it is simple but in case if it is a big application and at a later point of time we want to have a multi cloud deployment strategy then it won't be easy if we start in google app engine because that is suitable for a certain set of application but the disadvantage is like it is tied to that particular cloud platform that particular cloud platform and in case if you want to have a multi cloud approach you have to write a similar set of codes in that other cloud provider as well especially if you want to have a multi cloud deployment strategy so container based approach is best suitable for that so there is another concept also called the serverless concept where you usually don't bother about any of the infrastructure at all the term serverless means that uh, as an application developer you don't need to bother any of the underlying architecture so some of the applications will be best fitted for serverless architecture because you can easily spin up an uh, serverless application easy so in google cloud on such services called the google functions so that is kind of a equivalent of amazon's lambda as well as azure functions google functions cloud function so not uh, google functions cloud function yeah this one cloud function so here cloud function uh, from the description itself we can understand it's a lightweight even based and asynchronous compute solution so this box based uh, initially uh, how it let's create a function and we can understand how it looks like we should provide a function name and we should provide a trigger on the basis of which this function should trigger so imagine if you have a, a lot of iot devices and if you want to uh, retrieve some data from those iot devices uh, so you can create an api function api which can process the that iot messages and you can create a trigger http trigger and you, you can provide that http uh, link or api to that particular this particular api uh, to that particular um, uh, iot device so that that device can call that api and communicate this particular function so whenever this is called it will be triggered automatically so that is what the trigger means so there are other types of trigger as well let's see 
from the cloud pops up whenever some message is published we can connect we can connect that to cloud function as well from the cloud storage just like we saw earlier if we store something into the cloud storage uh, so that is also can be considered as a trigger so if you select this one cloud storage trigger uh, if something is stored in that you have to provide the bucket as well and other things so if you select here we can view the buckets uh, which we created and based on that we can uh, connect and next one is like a cloud file store so these are all preview which google is working on uh, soon or later that will be also in public and you can use that you can directly use but uh, nowadays you can try that and understand how it works like but it is in preview but uh, you can expect it uh, soon to be public so different 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 uh, triggers are there most common trigger is like http where an url is provided and if i have access to this url i can i can uh, i can call this so let's uh, uh, there requires an authentication uh, so authentication also can be provided and it is required especially when connecting with a third party but we can have an unauthenticated invocation as also especially if it is a public api and let's click on save then the trigger url is this one then the next one okay cloud api so we should enable this api cloud built api so we can enable that from here some of the apis we need to enable manually for accessing so let's enable this one so the uh, api is now enabled Uh, this is, might be related to some permission issues but in your case it won't happen so now it is enabled i think so uh, now uh, we can we can test this to see how it looks like we can deploy this i think some permission issues there usually uh, uh, this is the way by which we are going to kind of hello world okay uh, entry point in line editor okay some error is there we can we can check that uh, later usually uh, you have you have to select the runtime this is this is the meaning of function like uh, we don't have to bother about any of the underlying infrastructure or anything uh, we can just focus on what we want if i develop a uh, develop if i am developing a small trigger function for my iot application a simple api which can respond to that particular iot request maybe it involves uh, reading some data from that iot device and storing that to some uh, database or some cloud storage i can do that easily using this cloud function and the payment uh, and the cost that is associated with this cloud function uh, will be coming in two modes like you can have a dedicated uh, that app engine plan that can be connected to this cloud function or you can uh, you can go for a consumption model like uh, based on how much you are triggering this function you can pay that so whichever is suitable for your particular application development you can choose that so different kinds of runtimes are provided there 
so this is the meaning of serverless like uh, i don't have any idea about what the infrastructure underneath is i just focus on the actual code and i can easily spin this up using the function so you can you can create this all and then you can uh, so the sample application is also provided by them so similar way you can try out so different ways of application development are there so you can you can choose that different different ways and you can uh, use that for connecting to your application so these are some of the things which we uh, discussed now i think uh, that covers enough for this session so next uh, we can look into um, yeah so probably there will be a session we can plan later to have uh, the advanced features of Go which google cloud provides uh, going into some specific services like either the uh, storage we covered deeper now as well as the uh, sql storage sql no sql sql and no sql we haven't covered that much might be a, a non sql related or somewhat uh, bigquery related session we can have later or uh, we can also think about having a session particularly for deploying an application uh, web application to google app engine or uh, some form of uh, data that um, Google Cloud functions which provides the serverless computing. Serverless computing is also an interesting topic so we can uh, think about that in the uh, uh, future sessions. So once again uh, we can let me switch back to cam. Hold on. Yes, okay. So with that, we can wind up this session. Um, so again, uh, we gone through some of the basic features, based some of the basic uh, overview of the different cloud services or most of the frequent cloud services that are provided by Google Cloud. We understood how an application is creating uh, how the uh, how the basic root project can be uh, used for creating different services we also saw some of the different services like the storage the relational database the iam uh, we gone don't gone much deep into that particular services but we got fairly uh, easy understand so from your application you will be using the sdk to connect to this particular uh, services in addition to that you can also use this cloud shell or the cloud portal and the cloud portal is the one which i demonstrated in this demo and for ops who are working uh, who are preferred to work with the command line interface they can use the uh, cloud and uh, that uh, cloud shell or they can install some form of cloud shell which can be available from the google website and they can install that and if you have uh, there are a lot of a lot of other services out there 
especially uh, for your application if there is a need to uh, understand or parse some of the languages so for example if if your application needs to have some natural language processing capability uh, like uh, um, the user is entering some chat details like okay i want to i want to book a ticket uh, uh, to some somewhere and they as a customer uh, or the your application user is interacting in a way of natural language pattern so uh, for that type of things there are different other services that are provided by uh, google which you can use uh, similar to these cloud services so they provide different apis for that purpose so once you provide a sentence or a word which your customer provided to that particular services it can parse the intent of that particular natural language and based on that you can uh, you can make decisions in your application to trigger which particular function so if they uh, if they are instructing in that natural language to create a to create a uh, particular uh, to book a particular ticket on this date to this part from this place to this place you can understand the intention behind that and that can be used as a parameter in your application for create so similar other services are provided by major cloud vendors like the Microsoft as well. So you can use that uh, in your application. So that is another area which we haven't covered here because of time limit. We can we can come up with a different session to particularly look into those kind of machine and this artificial intelligence based services like a face detection. From an image it can able to understand uh, uh, what all there in the images and you can make decisions uh, potentially helpful for identifying some of the harmful content then uh, in an image and we can make a decision based on that and um, uh, similar way language translation services are provided natural language that is another in interesting area where in application you can go to different uh, menus uh, navigation menus and then you can click that but the same can be achieved in a natural language way by which you can communicate with the particular application through a natural language way and it can interact the application can interact with you so such kind of things these cloud providers and because um, they are working on a massive set of data they can develop these services much better and then uh, as an organization one develops that within their limited structure so that is why these cloud providers are getting more and they more work more on uh, a large set of data and they can build mesh, better machine learnings based on that so with that uh, we can wind up the session so uh, apologies that it's been a bit lengthy than expected so usually many of my sessions goes like that uh, but uh, rather than splitting it into different different parts i feel it is it would be better to keep that as an own session and because uh, those who are interested can uh, watch that even in a bit bit and they can understand these things in a much better way so with that uh, i wind up the session and have a nice day and it's um, so thank you thank you very much for watching this session